Hey, it's Daniel, the founder of Slingshot AI. It's just me today, and I want to talk about the end of history illusion in AI. I'm going to talk about the scientific method in machine learning and avoiding the lazy pitfall of focusing on easy methods and easy problems by making non-falsifiable hypotheses. Some of the most common wisdom I hear among machine learning leaders I talk to is that it's important to focus on the problem at hand and use the simplest, smallest model or approach that solves your problem. The general intuition that you should focus on your problem, I'm totally with you. But I think that the idea that you can just take on the problem and find the simplest approach that solves it assumes that you're taking on easy problems. It assumes that you're taking on the kind of machine learning problems we're used to, sentiment classification, churn prediction. You wouldn't believe how often I hear comments about, yeah, well, just try taking on churn prediction. We know how to do churn prediction. So if you do churn prediction, it'll be easy. It'll be straightforward. That's not going to hit all the AI risk problems. You're not going to hit hallucination. Just do churn prediction. If we assume that we're at the end of history, then the work worth doing is on uh, problems that are already solved, like churn prediction. So let's focus on those easy problems, use the simplest possible method, guarantee success. I think the unfortunate truth is that all of the interesting problems are hard problems. What do I mean by that? What I mean is, yeah, there definitely is a lot in the space of predictive AI, don't get me wrong, churn prediction is exciting, but sentiment classification of tweets, it's cool, it's been done, yeah, basic methods sort of work. I'm not exactly sure what value it adds, maybe, maybe it adds some value, but sentiment classification, named entity recognition, these are like the tip of the iceberg. The exciting problems in AI are automate my accountant, automate my lawyer, and give me a therapist that I could talk to. Give me a doctor that I can go to whenever I need when I'm having trouble. Those are the category of hard problems, and there are a ton of hard problems. When you realize that we're not at the end of history, you think about what are the problems that should be solvable with AI, and how can we go about solving it? What do AI native applications look like? What do AI native solutions to age-old problems look like? But taking on hard problems means being willing to take on the hard work, being willing to take on the risk being willing to make hypotheses about what will work and what won't, iterate on them, have your hypotheses disproven, get things wrong repeatedly. I think that's basically how all successful companies got to where they were. They took a hypothesis that was not obvious. And even though often in hindsight, it looks really obvious, I think about like the attention is all you need paper. And there's just so much common wisdom about how obvious it was or how genius it was. Like it was genius. It did push the world forward, but it wasn't obvious. And it did not have the worldwide impact the day it was published that it does now. It wasn't, you know, people were still using RNNs. It, it was a bet. It was a hypothesis. It very well could have been proven wrong. And I would bet that the authors published other papers or had other experiments that didn't work so well. But the point was they saw what the goal was. They saw what they were trying to achieve. They took a hypothesis, they took a bet, and they could have gotten it wrong. And only by taking those bets that could have been wrong did they actually make a bet that was right. And I think the reality today is that we hear a lot more about just LLMs are amazing, because of course they are, they're magical, we see amazing properties, but we're sort of following these predictable lines now, right? Try using more data, try using more compute, try using larger models, and otherwise keep things the same, use the same autoregressive modeling approach. Among machine learning engineers I talk to, one of the questions I often ask is just about like hyperparameters, like how confident are you that you're using good hyperparameters? And almost across the board, people are like, oh, I'm using the right hyperparameters. And I'm like, how? How do you know which hyperparameters to use? How do, and they say, oh, I read a paper, I copied those hyperparameters, they looked good. 
there's such this instinctive hypothesis of like we're at the end of history we're doing things the right way and i think when you go to the successful people when you go to that like one percent of the companies that are actually pushing the world forward open ai they're not sure that they're using the right hyperparameters because they know that they're not at the end of history they know the world might look different i think prompt engineering in a nutshell is like the thing that's easy today and that's why it's so easy to take the low-hanging fruit mentality in startups of saying, like, can we apply prompt engineering somewhere else? And you might have an impact because it could be that there's a space that will be transformed by prompt engineering alone. There might be. But from what I've seen so far, all the really impactful startups are training models. The only reason not to train models is that it's hard. And yet we hear this kind of like assertion that like there's no need to train models anymore. Prompt engineering solves everything said in such a non-falsifiable way by people who are not bothering to train models. I would predict that training models is going to be around for a while longer. I can't say that, you know, some magic foundation model won't change everything. But I think the fact that there's so much energy towards training models is pointless, focus on prompt engineering. I think a lot of it rests on the fact that prompt engineering is so easy rather than falsifiable hypotheses. And I think the folks that are training models are the ones who are usually much more likely to say, I'm okay with falsifying this hypothesis. I'm okay, totally okay with the idea that training a model isn't the right approach here. I can take a hypothesis. If I bet that training a model is the right approach, well, the best thing I could do to prove that is to then try not training a model, do the opposite, you know, disprove the null hypothesis, try to prompt engineer. And only when you see prompt engineering failing through some sort of systematic approach, do you turn to training models, right? And vice versa, if you want to prove that prompt engineering is the right approach, you need to be making statements that can be falsified. You need to get to that point where you say, this actually isn't the right approach. And if you're not making those falsifiable hypotheses, and, and ideally, you know, putting them in writing, saying, this is what I think is going to work, and it's going to take some time, then it's really easy to deceive yourself, right? It's really easy to fall into a local minimum if you're just trying to improve. You say, oh, the problem is I didn't do enough prompt engineering, so I'm just going to do some more. Oh, well, you know, it's still not there, but all I need to do is a little bit more prompt engineering. Analogous to like, all I need is a bigger model. I need more data. You know, it might work. It could be that you're going up the right mountain. It could be that just keep going in this direction solves it. But the only way you can know is by making falsifiable hypotheses, which might be, you know, it doesn't have to be I'm going to solve all of you know, life's problems in the next five minutes, but it could be, I believe prompt engineering is the right direction. So I should see through some sort of like concrete measures that prompt engineering gets me closer to my goal over X period of time, you know, based on whatever metrics. And then if you're wrong, you kind of need to turn around and look at other approaches. I think that's the really hard part about making these, these statements, thinking about future from beginning to end. It's the same as the black swan idea by Nassim Taleb, that it's so much easier to make a statement like, all swans are white and then go to a pond where you know there are a bunch of white swans and be like look another one another one see so many white swans but if you want to prove that swans are white you need to search for black swans and only by not finding them do you find increasing evidence of the white swans not by just finding more instances of white swans if you want to take on hard problems you need to be willing to try hard things to make hypotheses to be proven wrong and i think people who work on hard problems realize the value of being wrong. They realize that they learn so much more every time they take a hypothesis and they're proven wrong than they do when they take a hypothesis and they're just proven right, right? Because you're proven wrong way more often. So here's what I propose. Personally, I'm really excited about a wave of AI native startups that transform every space. What I really want to see is folks that take on a hard problem and make hypotheses where they're okay to be proven wrong, where they say, I think that X is what's going to make the difference and are able to iterate. I think the lean startup approach isn't about taking on the low hanging fruit. The lean startup approach is about iterating, right? It's about taking a guess, putting it in writing and proving yourself wrong repeatedly until you're actually able to solve the end problem that you're trying to solve. 
it doesn't mean saying we're going to use retrieval augmented generation and if our problem isn't solved we're going to try to do more retrieval augmented generation and change our prompts it means being willing to do the hard work it doesn't mean jumping straight to the hardest solution on earth i'm not saying that at all i'm not saying don't start with tfidf totally do if your problem can be solved with, you know, low-hanging fruit technologies, absolutely solve it with low-hanging fruit technologies. I'm just betting that, the, I'm not saying the economy is like perfectly efficient, but I think a lot of the low-hanging fruit problems are solved. And the reason why the big problems like automating my lawyer isn't solved is because it's hard. But that doesn't mean that our technology today or our technology tomorrow can't solve these problems.